Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, we're here with lecturer Martina Ravello Lamy, which you know from things like material culture, lectures on pottery, very interesting, lovely person. We, of course, know you as a lecturer in our mm-hmm. faculty, mm-hmm. but what do you think people might know you from in the faculty? First of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here. And uh, the listeners cannot see, but this is a beautiful setting. Um, I feel like I'm back to the university years. You have to know that we live in this sort of Aquarius, the building, the archaeology faculty is in this super sharp, top, beautiful building cement and uh, and and glass and everything it's neat and perfect and then you come here in uh, in the student association uh, room now also studio uh, an actual radio broadcast studio and it is just like you would imagine a student association <laughs> room that's uh, cozy and uh, you can dig uh, straight in layers of story and history here uh, starting from different type of mugs and cups <laughs> and uh, any other type of container which brings me straight to the material culture department of which I'm part of so um, I'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, and yes uh, probably the majority of uh, my colleagues here and the students too know me because I'm uh, working since four years now this is my fourth year in uh, invited at the material culture uh, uh, research group and uh, I've been uh, teaching so far all courses focused on pottery and uh, and then again uh, anything related to materiality and uh, how to interpret it but um, I've been also working on t- new experimental methods for analysis and for analysis and research related to ceramics and material culture in general and I've tried to embed uh, uh, 3D technology in the study of material culture and more specifically ceramics and this has led me to solid collaboration also with osteology and human origin more specifically with uh, uh, Rachel Schatz and also um, Marie Solisi so in that sense I probably passed as the 3D person sometimes, although it's, 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 yes, I know it, but I, well, I, I'm, it, it, it was not my, my first, uh, my first target, my first interest, but I've, 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 uh, um, participated to the implementation and development of the 3D, uh, philosophy of this faculty. So probably they know me more for that than for other things, thank God, because, well, you know, uh, we s- always start these podcasts with some rapid-fire questions. Go ahead. Um, do you prefer camping or hotels? Four-star hotels all life, yeah. big time. With pools and breakfast? and. Yes, yes, and a spa, possibly. Okay. Wouldn't you rather go there than, than uh, camping? So No, probably not, but yeah, sorry. few words, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, beach or forest? Oh, seaside always, always. Yeah, is that because of the heritage or? Uh, do I have that heritage? Yes, my family is more, it's closer to the sea, but I've 
been living in, and I grew up in the north of Italy that you would mm, well relate to seaside beach and anything a bit less. I just think that it, it looks better on my hair. I mean, whatever it happens on the beach to my hair, it's fine. Whatever happens in a forest, it's horrible. They just become an <laughs> impossible. So it's just for that. Yeah, is that yeah. a problem you face? Hair? Y of course, yeah. that's that's major. I know that in Dutch yeah. culture, they, I mean, hair doesn't count. I mean, you just wake up, you take a shower, and you probably bike, and that's your. Uh, sort of blowing of your hair and your brushing. No, in Italy we tend to take care of that aspect, especially women. And uh, yeah, we, we, we do things before getting out. It's not that this is happening in just uh, one minute, okay. right? So at this seaside, in that environment, I can allow myself to be uh, like almost a Rastafarian sort of person that happens in a forest. In a forest, it's horrible. It's not the same. It's going to be just super, super uh, uh, freezy and, and awful. Um, you are from Italy, so I'm very curious about yes. this one. No, go ahead. What is your favorite food? Oh, what is my favorite food? Um, it depends. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have one, just uh, one answer. I would, I would say bread and ice cream. I upgraded it just for you because... Probably my first uh, thought was pizza and ice cream, <laughs> but uh, at the end, bread it's it's carbohydrates. It was like what I crave constantly. So an ice cream just because it's ice cream. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I I cannot have them together. That's well, in some occasion you can. There is a specific uh, Italian recipe. It's it's a sort of uh, croissant with with ice cream inside mm. that's so genius it's typical from uh, from sea city you should try it really if you will happen to do your triathlon there you should uh, not do the triathlon and do some sort of a food marathon there. wow <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should. starting wow. from the brioche so it's called which okay. is this croissant with ice cream do you prefer books or movies tv series is that that one? Definitely. My attention span at the moment is that of a fly, so yeah, I cannot I cannot do anything longer. But if I have to give a serious answer, um, books are incredibly absorbing and immersive, way more than uh, than movies. Mm. It's just that in 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 a different time frame and, and moment. Uh, uh, I would I would spend more time reading, but now the the maximum I can get it's uh, the the fifteen twenty minutes of a TV series. Okay, you have a favorite TV series besides? Not of course I do. It depends on the on the on the, on the type. Let's say as a sitcom, Seinfeld, big time for uh, for for all my life. I think it's my favorite. I think you were not even born at that time, but it's okay. Uh, when we when it was aired at the first time, and um, a more complex. Uh, uh, no, there are too many. Too many. Oh, all right. That will take too much time. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Your favorite yeah. book, though. Um, I, I I do I have uh, to bet I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm not sure I know the title in original but it's Philip Roth um, American American uh, what is the name of the 
Pastorale Americana in Italian, I will find, I will find the, uh, the title in, uh, in uh, the original book. I read it in Italian. Okay, yeah. fair enough. What kind of music do you listen to? As I told you, I had this, this long time as, as working in the radio and yeah. I was, yes, a speaker, but also working with music. And that, of course, profoundly impacted, again, the, the, the po my, my concentration on music. So I'm like binge listening now, jumping from a thing to another one, which has been even worse than with Spotify. So it's very hard for me to point out one specific genre that I like. But I'm um, I'm definitely into a time frame. I'm I've I grew up I don't know why with this sort of archaeological sense for music. So I was completely always out of focus, and uh, I, I I was I was a kid in in and uh, uh, at the end of the eighties, and I I could enjoy all the nineties music. I didn't because I was always listening to the sixties and seventies. So I'm uh, I'm I'm a weirdo. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Velvet Underground and. Uh, and the unfortunate doors the Rolling Stones and before that my favorite group of all time is the Beatles so that's that's my that's my that's my jam yeah you look kind of nostalgic when you speak about them <laughs> yes totally because that was the time in which I was more inspired and I was reading probably uh, more than ever and this is when you when you are 14 and 15 and you're building up your personality and honestly this is really a spoiler alert about my English I learned English <laughs> listening to their music <laughs> yeah. and stubbornly translating everything because I couldn't really grasp the whole uh, hallucinogenic uh, reference that mm, I don't know Jim Morrison was making in one of those odd lyrics uh, so I grew up I grew up myself and I learned myself I taught myself English in that way so it was such an experience it was like every every time I, I re-listened to something I discovered one thing or another one it was uh, it was a journey every time oh yeah that's yeah. pretty cool and then I wanted to go to Liverpool and then I went there and then I wanted to go to California and I went there but more as a fan because I could re re leave and experience the same places and listen to the music so yeah yeah, yeah so music is a big part and you just mentioned that you worked at a radio station yes. yeah so you've done quite some different work before you got into archaeology yes yes uh, and this is something that i think can can uh, can happen to any student i mean i started with an incredible passion for archaeology although i didn't really I, w I, I didn't know what I was getting into it, honestly. Um, and then uh, and then all of a sudden, I started working in the university radio, and that became a work. So I, I, I've, I've been working in other, I mean, private broadcasting uh, channels. And, and then uh, all of a sudden, that was more, more interesting than uh, studying. So I left off for, uh, for a while. And then I came back to the university for a while, meaning four years, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> so I had this pending issue with uh, with university, and then uh, and then uh, all of a sudden, after four years working in a, in a radio, realized that yes, it was fun, but it was always the same, every day the same. And I thought, well, if I thought that well, what, whatever I was studying was a bit dull and not as funny. 
well now after four years of reading the same uh, the same things and having you know the commercial break at the same time the forecast and this and that and, and well the the usual uh, menu I said well I can I can better go back to the university <laughs> and finish with the boring things that I was doing and then uh, it was not as boring because uh, because of course with the field work and uh, and the work uh, in the in the storerooms with the materials it was not as boring so then I, I didn't I didn't love I, I, I finished and I never stopped uh, doing it yeah because you're still doing academia today yes yes I would have never I mean I still remember uh, that Every time I, uh, you know, in, in Italy you have, yes, written exam, but most of the exams are oral. So you, you have this nice, horrible confrontation with the teacher that's asking you things. It's like third degree interview and it's kind of challenging. And um, and in, in some occasions, they, some ask me, but uh, do you think you will, you will work it in, in uh, archaeology? And that could apply to commercial archaeology as much as uh, academia. Because it's ha in Italy, it's uh, exactly the same. It's not that you were forced to decide as in the Netherlands at the beginning whether to go commercial or acad academic. Um, and uh, and then I was always saying, no, of course not. I don't think so. No, no, no. And then uh, and then uh, and then probably the the turning point was the painstaking work I've put in my thesis. And that turned out to be a very good job. And then I, I yes, I had, I, I had the chance to continue on that, on that work. And that, that happened to be, yeah, what I still do. So material culture. Um, when did you know you wanted to do material culture? Uh, material culture, I, uh, at, at first, of course, uh, before the radio gap, I was a field animal. So I've been, uh, I've been working on the excavation every chance I had. Uh, so the first year I was scared. I didn't want to mix myself with anyone. And uh, it was a torture only to think of being two weeks trapped in this nightmare with other people sharing the same bathroom. I said, are you? Are we savages? <laughs> and then as soon as I uh, experienced my first excavation, and I started in, uh, in Siena, in Tuscany, and uh, as soon as uh, I had my first excavation uh, in, uh, in the neighborhood there, I, I, just, uh, I just thought, I, I want to be, you know, the necessary tool for this big machine to work. So I immediately learned all the technicalities, I knew where every everything was, and uh, so if anyone needs, you know, on on a, on an excavation, there is always something missing, and you need to know where it is. So I was the person always gathering things, and uh, and and I and and I immediately felt like I, I really wanted to to be to be the reliable person you can uh, you can work with. So that that was uh, that was when I decided the archaeology was. Uh, was my was my what was a good calling Hi. so what we were talking about was why you got into material culture oh sorry i, I didn't ever ever reply to that or did i no you did you oh, did so then i was gonna ask and then 
you decided to do your PhD. Yes. Well, it it kind of the PhD came to me. I I I um I finished my MA and then I took a two years course in uh, in Rome at La Sapienza, uh, which is uh, a sort of special specialization. And then uh, in those two years, I also worked a lot and uh, I excavated in so many different places in the city center of Rome and so on. And then my professor there, because you had to write another thesis, also in that case, so this is my third one, <laughs> never go through that again. Uh, so my professor told me that there was a vacancy for a research assistant in uh, Amsterdam. And, and I thought, what? What, what, what? <laughs> uh, what? What type of archaeology did they do? I mean, here, classical archaeology. And then, uh, and then it turns out that uh, the, uh, the University of Amsterdam was looking for uh, a member to uh, add to the team for the Sachsen project. And I applied for the job, but it was just a research, research assistantship position. And, uh, and since I was just finishing this two years course, meanwhile, I was working for the local um, um, archaeological service, so the, the ministry, with uh, random hours, no pay. It was just a mess, you know, the state, it's the, the, least, the least to pay uh, the uh, self-employed ones. So I, I thought, oh, well, that sounds like a lifetime contract, a year, wow. And then, uh, and then I started working and that, that, that position became a PhD after a year and a half. So that, that's how it started. So, yeah. That's very nice. It, it's life, it's odd, really. I would have never thought of studying at, at abroad and I would never thought uh, to do uh, archaeology and academia in the Netherlands, but that's how it happened. Yeah, so. and when did you make the switch to also Leiden? Uh, <laughs> once again, because there was a vacancy okay. and I was, uh, I was teaching, I was lecturer at uh, University of Amsterdam and then all of a sudden this position opened up and it was, well, better paid <laughs> and longer and, and once again it was a year contract and I said oh my god that's a lifetime contract and then uh, I've, I keep finding myself in the same conditions after years no I saw this position it opened up and since I was uh, uh, finishing my PhD I thought I can uh, I can uh, add some some hours no, maybe not that that easy uh, and then and then so I started yeah that's nice and I read that you focus mainly on issues of production technique, yeah. intra-site consumption, and inter-regional distribution networks. Yes, how yes. <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah, how no, do you do that? Everything what does it and mean? nothing. <laughs> it's what you put on your on your page because it, it's it's good to read it. Now I'm uh, mm, I kind of grew uh, up since I I, I started that very wide uh, interest. I mean, production consumption and uh, distribution networks, it's, 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 uh, it, it, it requests so much, so much expertise and different type of approaches that it's difficult to realize it in just one, uh, one lifetime. Um, but uh, it's in, in the years I had to, I, I had the chance to focus on all these three aspects in different ways. Let's say that the common thread uh, between production, consumption, and uh, also the bigger picture of trade networks, is done. I think is is is, is provided by 
the possibility of starting the technology of uh, your uh, um, your objects in this case ceramics so i think the fact that when i started uh, my training in uh, in amsterdam and i had my training in petrography i could address these questions more specifically than just relating similar things from from a place to another one which is the usual things that we would do uh, in a traditional way of pro approaching uh, material studies so by simply uh, comparing things that looks the same uh, from one place to another one so when I when I had that type of training I could go a bit more into the specific physical characteristics of uh, ceramics Starting also uh, the the geological environment from which those clays have been quarried, and then also doing the jump and see whether they were produced locally or not. So I would say that this is the 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 thread what keeps them together. Uh, but then of course it it would take a lifetime to 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 draw that picture for every single context that you're studying. Yeah, so. yeah, and. You mentioned that it costs a lifetime, <laughs> so basically you're quite busy with that. How how do you combine this with like your daily life, your hobbies, your mm -hmm. the things you want to do? I remember there was this question: how what how do you fill your free Sundays? And then I was I thought free Sundays. I don't understand what does it mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sundays is a day when I don't have to commute. From Amsterdam to here, or uh, yeah, or I have class or other uh, uh, engagements. But I, unfortunately, sadly, I tend to think to those days uh, as my research focus days, in which I can now work on my on my research, which is probably bad on so many level because it's not a, I'm so productive. But uh, it's it's not hard to combine everything. It's it's not, especially as probably you all know, working and studying at the same time. It's uh, it takes uh, so much uh, time management skills that I totally fail clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's so it, it it enriches you so much. I mean, I I, I I've been hired here in Leiden. Uh, for teaching, that was my task. So I, I haven't been hired or appointed for my research, uh, but I've learned so much in the four years that I've been here that um, it's. I, I don't think I taught as much to the students as much as, as I've learned by by teaching. So yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> that, I mean, if that is something you gain from it i think that's Absolutely. really super valuable yes for yes and it doesn't matter how how exhausting it can be and of course also for you this last year has been more demanding than any other year so we had intensive teaching hours and teaching sessions and we had to learn from scratch different technologies and platforms but um I would never regret the fact that my last year in London, because this is my last year here, uh, was the Corona year, because finally, after years of having just this big bunch of people to which I, to, to whom I had to uh, teach things, I finally had the chance to work with smaller groups. So I, I, I could learn the name of everyone. <laughs> well, I could do it also on, on the long run, also in, in the previous editions, let's say. But the Corona edition has been incredible because I could follow almost everyone and I could see some, some, some improvements, I would say. 
and 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 I could see also the results in the in the exams because because you you might say yes we dance we can cheat maybe it's also because of that but I don't know <laughs> the online uh, testing who knows uh, no I don't think so uh, I, I I saw the the, the results in the uh, in the exams too so that that's that's the good take from yeah. uh, from all this yeah <laughs> nice you clearly like put the students at the top of your list mm-hmm. teaching is like at the top of your yeah. list do you have like a bigger goal for teaching do you have like a dream when you're like when you can achieve that you have done an amazing job in teaching mm, that's an interesting question i i'm 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 not sure whether i can name it i th- i think um I don't know whether it's it's just a rewarding uh, uh, situation, but uh, for me, one of the best goal is when when I see one of the student that doesn't have any 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 trust in the fact that he can go through the course and that it it, it does it, it actually succeeds. Then then that's the best uh, the best goal and. And uh, I, I, of course, I appreciate the very, the very smart one, the bright ones, the one that ask a lot of questions and are in, super interested. And 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 you can see it already that they will that they have a clear idea of their future and that they, they are so focused and they will ob- obtain whatever they, they they aim at. But the the one absolutely insecure the ones that, that show up and say no I, d- I don't think i can make it i will never know this is too tight i don't understand anything and then at the end of the day they can uh, they can uh, see i don't know one one drawing done then that's 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 the perfect uh that's the perfect day so i feel like all the pieces of the puzzle are, are coming into into place so for the future i i simply would like to make especially for material culture a bit more tangible uh, a, a wide variety of objects so uh, even if it, it won't be possible to access collections as easily as we do today or also not as easily as we do it today because you've been working with sometimes crappy shirts not really super nice but if we could make that possible, also working on uh, collections from other museums, from the British museums, because they have this incredible database online. So if we could embed that way better in our teaching offers, that that would be great. So if we could work also on this um, big amount of uh, digital content that we have, we could we could open up so many so many uh, possibilities for you to to travel even if you cannot for you also to experience different angles of the world and different material cultures and traditions uh it it would be a great addition do you think your position as a lecturer will change when you have finished your phd yes i will be paid better of course there's that (laughs) but do you think you're going to focus more on research after that or will you still focus I, it, it's it, it depends on how you are uh, configured within uh, a specific institution. So I don't know where I will be going after after this semester uh, yet. <laughs> but uh, yes, definitely research is fifty fifty. Maybe thirty thirty. And the last thirty, it's administration work. Uh, but yes, it should it should be a bit more balanced. I believe that uh, my my vocation, my calling, it's 
probably more for teaching than, than research. And research for me is working in team, team of project. So I've, I've probably spent enough time all alone in a lab working with my shirts. I find it less um, uh, stimulating than working with other people. So uh, if that type of research would be possible, so to collaborate with other people and to manage a project and to work on many fronts, because it's, once again, the more enriching, the most enriching experience. So that would be better. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Um, we always post the Instagram story mm. and we got some questions for you. Cool. So what is your favorite area of study and how did you get into it? I feel like we talked about this a little bit, mm -hmm. but do you have, is, would you say Satricom is your favorite area to study? You mean geographically? Um, yeah. Yes. I mean, pre-Roman culture, so what, whatever happened before Ro Rome take over, it's, uh, it, it is very very interesting um, geographically geographically uh, the whole central Tyrrhenian area although I know it pretty well uh, of course Rome it's still where where the art uh, my heart is and uh, because it's such a complex reality and uh, and there is an overwhelming presence of whatever happened after <laughs> Rome took over so that's still uh, uh, well, probably a very, a very enticing uh, option for, uh, to study. But of course, as soon as I reached Leiden and I saw that it was possible to do archaeology in the Caribbean, I thought I went completely wrong. How could you compare fieldwork on a Caribbean island as opposed to the marshy area of the Pontine Plain, where I've been working so far? There's no comparison. <laughs> so, yeah, for the next life. Possibly. Yeah. Um, another question came in, and this is a little bit, I think it's a little bit of, uh, a mean question, but oh, cool. have you ever given a lecture while your mic was muted? Hmm, let me think. Did I have that experience? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's also not well, well phrased because, in fact, I was the one muting myself. So, yes, I did it. Now, it was this beautiful uh, uh, fish um in an Aquarius uh, situation and um, I don't know how how probably because I'm not that much on social media but I, I should have I don't know won the prize for that month of the worst teacher ever or you you've been coronized a bit, a bit between corona and pranked something so it was so embarrassing it was your uh, your class I <laughs> managed to have all my playlists uh, ready uh, because now we, 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 we teach with a playlist, PowerPoints, video content, digital content, everything was ready. I was rocking as always because I, that's what I do when I give class. And then uh, I, I decided to play a, a video. <laughs> And of course, since I don't want to have distortion in the sounds, I muted myself. And then uh, I, I commented on the video and then I, I, I kept uh, talking on that uh, very lecture for, I think, 12 exc excruciating minutes of pain on a muted microphone. And uh, since, as you know, as you probably know, I'm the opposite of multitasking, um, I was just talking in my room to myself with a muted microphone. And I, 
and I didn't realize that the big mess was happening on the other side, on the other hand of the screen. So uh, all of a sudden, I realized that everything was going south because I, I, I went from having 82 people connected to having three. And then, of course, my first thought was what I was still talking on a muted microphone, those assholes. Everyone just left the room. How, 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 what, what do they think that I'm here and giving class for free? Like everyone left the room. And then finally, I had a look at the chat box where there was a thread of probably one million uh, plea for help a few guys saying uh madam uh prof and uh martina hey hey you have a mirror microphone hey we can't hear you we can't hear you and then of course you started well texting to each other saying what shall we do what shall we do and then i don't know who had this incredible brightest idea of simply leaving the room because clearly i wasn't reading the the chat box so as soon as you did it and that should be already you know your 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 ba you, you should just graduate because you had such a clever idea <laughs> so you you did this 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 the smartest move and then uh, and then i remember i i had i kind of saw all my life passing in front of me and then I thought okay now we will re reopen the mic and then of course I blamed technology said sorry it was a techno technological issue here meaning <laughs> I suck big time and then uh, and then I also in the, in the at the same time I received I don't know how many calls from the professors here because they, they managed to to be to be rich and so that was um, a public uh, shame for some time oh. probably probably it will haunt me forever <laughs> <laughs> yes to, to answer the question yes <laughs> it happened 12.40 <laughs> minutes, minutes yes so Imagine it's May 2022. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so a year from now. In a year. Yeah, what would have happened in that year for the next year to be a success? Oh, definitely. I will, I will defend my, my thesis next uh, next semester <laughs> so finger crossed I don't die in between um, and then uh, I will I will be working to, uh, to my next project so for a cool institution at the end because we are at the end of the podcast we've been talking for an hour i'm so sorry it's i okay. told you that it would have been long <laughs> and long it's perfect are it's you great. sure that all the mics are on yeah are we recording yeah i can i can see the little i can see ah, the move okay yeah. just <laughs> just saying you know it can happen it's technology <laughs> working against us that's how it go that's yeah. how it goes yeah a little bit of a full circle moment mm -hmm. <laughs> And at the end, we always uh, give the guest the opportunity to promote something mm -hmm. they would like to promote. Do you, would you like to promote something? Well, I would like to, uh, um, f first of all, to promote um, this university, if I can say so, uh, uh, because it's probably, you know, it's probably because when you when you reach the end of an appointment or anything in your life, you will start, you know, making a sort of uh, budget uh, calculation of the pros and cons. And uh, and 
yes, I would I would like to to do a spot for for this community because uh, when I when I reached Leiden, the first thing that uh, has been told to me from from other uh, ac academic colleagues is oh well Leiden super competitive watch out I was thinking oh okay well Rome <laughs> Rome it's also like this. Uh, but I found a, a pretty consistent community here. I, I must say I, I, I made friends here and, uh, and I've worked very well with many, many colleagues. And, and, uh, and the student community is so, um, it's so, uh, how can you say, it's, it's so embedded into each other. I see, I see every, every, I saw every year the, the community changing a bit, but keeping it the tradition in a way. So I didn't expect that. Uh, I understand that with the big numbers of archeology, span you can see that. Uh, but uh, I, th I think, uh, I think um, it's, it's a great example. So yes, there is competition. You all are exposed to that. But you are also making it a good. Uh, you're making it a good type of competition. So, well, that's that's the spot. And the other thing is that yes, this this is also for you. It's 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 nice community. It's a nice place to be. But remember that going around and changing environment is one of the most important thing to to grow to grow up until. Well, learn things about yourself and the others. So, uh, as much as I enjoyed the fourth, four, well, four years here, I'm also looking forward to see what's next. Thank you very much for listening. This was the podcast for today. Next week, we'll be back with another one, and we will see you there. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you, guys. Bye. -bye. Thank you. <laughs>